Is this your first book that you've ever your your first book you've wrote, correct? This is, yeah. Yep, this is the first one. Um I've tried huh. a couple times in the past, but never really got very far. This is definitely the first one that that I saw through to the end. Uh, what uh, what was the difference that um where you like saw it through this time? That's a good question. I mean, I don't know if I can really pinpoint it exactly. I think it was just timing. Um I'd kind of decided that this is something that I really wanted to finally commit to. And, um, you know, the timing was right. And once I started, I think, you know, this specific story too, I think really, um, you know, really took hold of me. And once I started, I, I couldn't stop. I remember I, I started writing about 1500 words a day and I did that every day for about seven months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was it. This was uh, five or six years ago. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's episode, I have author and cousin of Libby Montagna, Thomas Montagna. Thomas, how are we doing? Doing very well. So um, we got in touch initially um, through your cousin Libby, who... Um, we went to Mercier's together. She played lacrosse. Uh, I played guys lacrosse. And then we lived down the street from each other. And so we had a lot of mutual friends. And obviously we are friends. So she posted about your book on Instagram. And I thought, like, you know, what I'm trying to get done with this podcast, I thought, you know, it, it mixed really well. And I thought that it would be a good, like, relatable uh, to have on. And it seemed like based on, you know, everything she told me, I, I wanted to reach out. So I, I first want to say thank you for uh, taking the time to do this. I know you're super busy with, you know, being a dad and all the other things you have going on. So. No, absolutely, man. It's, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, I mean, me and you haven't had the chance of uh, meeting yet. So kind of just, you know, this is like our first uh, impression, first introduction of each other. Um, you know, who, you know, who, who are you? Who's, who is Thomas? Uh, yeah, no, I, um, so I'm from Maryland. Um, Grew up about a half hour northwest of Baltimore, and um, yeah, I'm married, a husband right now, and a, and a proud father for sure. And really excited to have uh, the book out finally, and just um, yeah, just working through it, <laughs> trying to. Was uh, was writing something that you've always wanted to do, or like where did you um, first get like the idea in your head that like, hey, maybe maybe I'm gonna write a book. Or did it not go like that? No, yeah, for uh, for as long as I can remember, um, I've always wanted to write a book. Um, but, you know, it's different when, when you're a kid and, and you want to write a book because it's just a thought and I, I would jot down ideas sometimes and and that was fun. And, and I guess it, I kind of assumed that it would always just happen like, like, like you do sometimes as a kid. But then, um, you know, as I got older and it didn't really happen, um, you know, then I, I tried to just work through it more and, and just, just keep at it. But it was never really a huge part of my life. Um, it was always just kind of in the background. So, you know, around five or six years ago when I really decided to commit to it and, and sit down and write, um, you know, it, it was something that, that was a long time coming. And, uh, and I'm really, really happy to, to finally be where I am. <laughs> were like growing up did you have um were you inspired by anyone that kind of led you to write or was it um, a high school teacher you had or maybe like a college class that you took like what was the 
initial spark that you know was like okay this is this is this is what i'm gonna do and kind of started to put that idea that you had into action yeah i don't know if it was um a specific individual i think it was more just stories um in any form really uh whether it was movies or, or television or poetry or novels um i was just really uh really taken to stories and uh and and the feeling they gave you and I think uh, that was a part of it too. You know, I wanted to kind of try my hand at, you know, at, at, at allowing someone to, to feel that from, from something that I created. Um, so that was a huge part of it as well. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily an individual that inspired me, but rather the, um, the idea of storytelling and getting lost. Absolutely. And were, what was your, I would say, you know, growing up or what type of story? I know you said you love all different mm-hmm. types, but what were, what would you say were like your top like two or three that really like had the biggest influence on you, whether it was like poetry, mm-hmm. short stories, fiction, nonfiction? Uh, def- definitely fiction. And when I was younger, I was drawn more towards um, the fantasy genre. I, uh, you know, I loved C.S. Lewis and and Tolkien. Um, I was into uh, anything that had to do with supernatural things as a kid. So that really allowed my imagination to, to kind of go crazy. But I also loved um, family dramas, um, like epic family saga type stories that, um, that kind of delved into the history of a family and, and followed uh, children or parents through generations that was always really fascinating to me as well so those are two totally different genres but I, I think it helped me too to kind of try to find a balance between the different kinds and um, and, and that, I think that comes out in some of my writing and now one thing that like we touched on briefly before we actually got on here and started recording was um I mean you may not <laughs> agree to it but Libby you know Libby put me on to the fact that uh she said you were you were a really good lacrosse player and that you played in college mm-hmm. when you were deciding colleges to go to well initially you initially didn't play lacrosse correct That's right yeah um out of high school uh, I took a couple years off and I went down to coastal carolina um, what uh, what was the uh, what was the reason that you wanted to go to Coastal Carolina, but you didn't want to play? That's a good question. I mean, I at the time, I mean, this was fifteen years ago or so now. But at the time, I might have said that I was a little burned out, um, and I don't know. Maybe I just kind of wanted to take some time away, and that that was probably true. But I also think there was an element of the uncertainty of it, you know, I, I played lacrosse from when I was five years old up until, you know, senior year of high school with the same group of guys. And it was, it was so comfortable. So a a part of me, I think was a little, was a little scared, um, honestly, of kind of getting out of that comfortability. And um, so that, that definitely also led, you know, to decide to take some time off. And then you ultimately ended up tra- leaving Coastal Carolina and transferring to Stevenson, where you did ultimately end up mm-hmm. playing lacrosse. 
what um what was like the thought process there and you know getting back and playing the game and i mean stevenson for you know people that don't know i mean i i know but stevenson is a very prominent division three program it's a very good program um so i mean it's not like you just you picked up a stick again you just started playing to play like you obviously wanted to compete at a high level so um what was like the thought process that you had to get back into uh it? yeah i think i think i just missed it I think, um, you know, it was, it was such a huge part of me and uh, it, it was nice to take some time away, but ultimately it was, uh, you know, it was a part of who I was and, and, and I missed a lot. I, I really just wanted to get back into it and, and try to test myself. So that was and did you, did you miss the, uh, like the day-to-day grind of lacrosse or do you just simply just miss like being out on the field with the boys and, and throwing the ball around and obviously competing? In yeah, I, I think a little bit of both. Um, I mean, it, depending on the day, um, you know, so, sometimes it was, it was nice to, to just grind and, and work hard, but then other times it was nice, you know, just to get the feeling of the camaraderie. Yeah. Of course. I mean, that's the, I think that's the best part. Like when I look back to uh, a couple of the teams that I'm on, I, I, it, it always brings me back to like the locker room and the team buses and the road trips and stuff. And it's like, and I'm not the, I don't really miss practice that yeah. much, but like the road trips with the boys and, you know, I, cause you can never get those moments back. I mean, you can always play in beer league and stuff like that, but you can never get like those moments with like, you know, your best friends when you're young. Exactly. It's really, really tough to, to recreate that. And, uh, you know, it, when you're young, it's so pure and so free. So, um, now, did were you writing when um, – I know you, you know, you've pretty much been writing throughout mm-hmm. all of college, but when you were uh, either – whether it was Coastal Carolina or uh, Stevenson, did you have a professor or someone that was – you know, you kind of went to with your writing, or was this all just, like, behind the scenes, you kept it to yourself or um, – Oh uh, yeah, no, like? I definitely kept it to myself. Um, actually, I you know I didn't really bring my writing to anyone. I, I it was very it was a very personal thing um, that uh, I, I real I really didn't even talk that much about. Like I said, I mean, I really didn't commit to to finishing a story. It seemed like such a such a huge mountain to climb for so long. So um, it was just kind of messing around behind the scenes for a long time. And getting right into that, like you said, like kind of committing, how you said, like committing to it and actually like seeing it through, was that out of, I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this, was that like, did you do that because you were just being consumed by, you know, lacrosse school, hanging out with friends and like a million different other things? Or were you like kind of in a way like, scared no I don't want to say scared but you know a little hesitant to put your work out there because you didn't know whether it was good or not and you kind of just wanted to keep it to yourself or like what what was the reason for never like seeing it through Uh, yeah I mean definitely those reasons and and more and probably some that I'm I'm not even aware of but um yeah there's definitely an element of of um kind of insecurity there because I, I wasn't super confident in my writing because, you know, so few people, if anyone had ever read it and, uh, you know, when it came to, to sports, that's something that I, I was confident in and I was comfortable with. So it was difficult to kind of, you know, try something else that I wasn't very comfortable in and then, you know, trusted enough to, to see it through at times. So it, it was a really long process. 
of um, some ups and downs. And sometimes I'd feel good about it. Sometimes I wouldn't. But um, eventually, eventually I got there. But but it was it was very difficult. What um what were some of the you know difficulties that you faced on like I would say like eh, not like a day to day basis but any time that like because I'm I'm sure everyone goes through it where like you know some days you're like okay I, I know what I want to do um and I know how I want to do it and there's days where you're like no 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 you talk yourself out of it then there's days where like you get yourself mm-hmm. super pumped up about it and then right when you're about to go and actually make the jump you talk yourself <laughs> back out of it again so. When you finally, um, you know, did do it, make that jump and you took that risk, because it ultimately is a risk, you know, putting yourself mm-hmm. out there like that. Um, were you at a point where you're just like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I, I, I don't really care anymore. Like most people do. I mean, I'm that way. Or were you just like, if I don't do it, it's I'm going to eventually one day regret it. So I got to just say, rip the bandaid off, say, fuck it. And just yeah, put it I out mean, there. I- I think I, I, I had that attitude a little later on, like towards the editing process when I, when it was just so tedious and I was just ready for it to be over. Um, whereas at first when I, when I decided to start writing and I, and I, you know, made the word count for myself and I said, I'm going to write this much a day, uh, no matter what every day, no matter what, um, it took a little pressure off because it wasn't necessarily, I'm going to write the perfect scene that day but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna write no matter Mm -hmm. what even if it's horrific um it didn't matter so that was that was the goal and and i i stuck to that no matter what um so that was huge but then later on in the process really years later um when i was kind of i was happy with it and i i'd read the thing like you know 30 times or so and that's kind of when i had that attitude all right let's just rip the band-aid off and and put it out there you've read it enough you've worried about it enough um yeah <laughs> 30 times i would probably read it twice yeah, like, All right, good for me. but um but something like that it's crazy um how many times i've read through this thing <laughs> yeah that's a, yeah well i'm like and i only say that because i'm the type of person where if like i consistently look at it through like a, the lens of like a magnifying glass or constantly mm-hmm. trying to like look for something I'll end up talking my, myself into not doing it so it's even like with uh with this podcast and just starting it and stuff like as soon as I record an episode I edit it and I don't I don't try to edit it twice three four times it's like as soon as I listen to it once through make the changes I want to make I put it out there and I never yeah, listen no. to it again <laughs> because I know I I would talk myself out of it and then I would kind of like you know be insecure in my own head about about it trying no, to be I know exactly what, what you mean and, and um i can definitely relate that to the book and i i think that's that's the way to go you know because then you learn from it and move on rather than just kind of uh dwelling too much on the same thing and one thing i wanted to ask because it just popped in my head and i mean it kind of can relate to whether it's art music um even podcasting or, you know, people that make YouTube videos or, or just anything in general, how do you know? Um, Cause the, uh, the artist Post Malone, I heard him say that uh, the mm-hmm. song White Iverson and then the song Circles, which are two of his biggest hits, he didn't, he didn't want to put them out because he thought they were really bad songs, but they ended up becoming mm-hmm. two of his biggest hits. So I'm always curious whether, you know, you're, you're an author you are, you know, into music or any form of creative avenue. How do you know 
what's good and what's not good, if that makes sense. Like, how do you know when you're writing, you're like, um, okay, yeah, this yeah, is no, actually I know a good exactly story. What you mean? I've, I've thought about that too, especially when it comes to, to singers and songwriters. Cause I've heard stories like that, um, like that before. Um, with this, I'm really not sure. I mean, I, I guess I just have to kind of use my experience from, from stories that I like and, and try to compare it, try to see if, you know, it might give me that feeling that I'm, that I'm trying to convey. And then, then I'm confident that, that it's good. Or if I write, you know, a, a, a paragraph or sentence that I think, you know, is, is profound. I'm, all right. You know, that, that's good. Um, I don't know, you know, how I think that, but um, it's just a feeling I, I think. And, you know, I could be wrong. There have been, uh, been times when I thought, oh, you know, this is, this is horrible. And, my wife has said, you know, actually, no, that's really good. So it, it's also kind of, you know, individual in its own way. Mm-hmm. And so do when you write, are you trying to, are you trying to, and I don't know if I'm asking mm-hmm. this in the right way or not, but are you, you said, like you said, you're comparing it to stories that, you know, you are generally interested in uh, stories that you get excited about. Are you writing them when you're writing the stories? Are you thinking, okay, if I, Tom was picking this up, would this get me excited? Or are you writing it thinking what a fan of it would get excited yeah. about? If that makes Well, sense? I, I try not to think of it. Um, like that because what I focused a lot on with with this book is is the characters um, so I tried to spend mm-hmm. as much time as I possibly could uh, developing the two characters because it um, Sophie and Ryan it follows their perspectives and each chapter alternates between the two of them and so I, I tried actually to to not think about the the big picture too often because I didn't want to take away from um, working as hard as I could to create these these characters and make them as realistic as possible, um, so that hopefully, as the story unfolds, it, it feels as natural as possible. That's what I tried to focus on. Um, so, you know, I guess I inevitably think about you know hopefully somebody would pick this up or is this something I would be interested in or, or somebody hopefully somebody would pick it up in a in a bookstore, but. I just tried to focus more on on these characters and, and making them as, as real and and try try to get as, as much out of them as I could and then and then everything else hopefully fell into place. That was kind of my approach to writing. And um and uh what was I gonna say? So like mm-hmm. you said you compare, right? And so obviously you're not looking at old stories or things you like and you know, you're not saying like, oh my I can never right. surpass this or top this. Do you ever look at um I mean, because you were an athlete and obviously with the athlete's mindset, like you're you're the way we naturally think for playing at the level we played is like, oh, that's the guy. Okay, well I'm gonna go beat the guy because to beat him I then mm-hmm. now I know for sure that I'm actually good. But do you look at stories that whether, you know, have had an influence on your work and you go, okay, how could I not add to that specific story? But if I was to write, say, a spinoff of that story, how could I enhance it and make it even better than what it is? Or do you just, you know, kind of look at like the the structure of how the story was made and, you know, go off there? I think I I try to focus as much as I can just on on the structure of, of the story I'm writing. 
um, and the characters. I know what you mean as far as okay, um, you know what it might be like uh, competing, you know, but but I mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's where where the two defer because it's not really. It's just me. Um, it's just me and the words here. You know, I, I try not to focus on anything else. You know, there's nobody playing defense against me or anything like that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I try to look at it a little differently. And do you have a, uh, do you have like a process for like how your writing goes about? Or do you, are you just like, when you feel like it you just sit down and start going or like do you have a specific like okay i need to you know make an outline first and i need to you know say okay within these 1500 words this is where i'm going to try to accomplish even if like you said it's not good i still am going to get 1500 down pages i mean words down so like what's your uh if Mm -hmm. you could like talk about if you have one like what's your process like when you do because i was talking to somebody the other day about um about the writing process and he he mentioned how he couldn't he couldn't imagine not outlining a story um, before actually trying to write it, and I thought that was funny because I couldn't imagine doing an outline um, only because to me it would feel too much like school. Uh, I was never a huge fan of having mm-hmm. to write an outline, then a first draft, then then you get that looked at, then a second draft. It, it just kind of takes me takes me back to the classroom a little too much, and I think for me. Um, in some instances, not, not always, of course, but sometimes that can take a little of the creativity out of it. So my, my process actually was I'd wake up and I'd think about the scene I was going to write that day. And I'd try to be as detailed as I could. And I would focus on that scene. I had a vague idea of where the story was going, of course, and, and, and even the ending, but I, I tried to focus as much as possible on that specific scene. And, um, and be as detailed as possible so that I could get the most out of that session w- without worrying too much about what else is going on. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of more my writing process. It, and it would change depending on the type of story, you know, if it was a fantasy story and you're trying to build a huge world, you know, you'd have to kind of outline a, a lot of different stuff, but for something like this, um, you know, with really a handful of, of core characters, that, that was kind of more like my process. Of course. And obviously, you know, me and you both know, oh, I only know from writing college essays, but I don't know if it's more so laziness or actual writer's block. But um, when you do get writer's block, because mm. everyone that writes stories say they do, um, what, how do you how do you get over that? Do you just shut the laptop and shut your notebook and are like, all right, I'll be back to it in the morning? Or do you kind of like do you have a process for getting out of that? Yeah, getting, no, getting I, back um, into your flow I just state? write through that. Um, and I've, I've felt that many times, but, um, I just keep writing and, uh, even, even if it's nonsense, I'll go back and I'll delete it if I have to, but I just try to keep writing because you never know, you know, eventually something might, might come across and, you know, you, you might come across something that you wouldn't have had you just shut the laptop, um, and walked away from it. So that's something where I, I, I tried not to get. Uh, too frustrated with it and I really just kept writing no matter what Mm -hmm. 
And now you were, uh, you brought up school like a mm-hmm. second ago when you were talking about like the outline and stuff like that. Were you, um, and I, I always ask some, I always ask people this cause you know, kind of not like mm-hmm. getting off into the weeds here, but I find as though that like school, um, obviously this could be a conversation for another day, but just touching on it briefly mm-hmm. that school is sure. not for everyone, obviously, um, did you feel as though, uh, when you were in high school or even when you were in college that it, it wasn't for you because, you know, naturally you're more of a creative person and obviously by with school, like they only allow you to be creative within a certain parameter. Um, so do you felt as though that, you know, school hindered your uh, curiosity and how yeah, creative I mean, you were? It's hard or, to say because, no? um, I definitely can't, can't blame it on the education system. Cause I think I, you know, I got out of it what I put into it. And, you know, at times that, it, that wasn't very much. Um, but, you know, I, I think for me, I had some teachers and some professors that had more of an impact on a personal level rather than, um, you know, an, an English level or, or, or a specific um, level as far as the classroom is concerned. So, I think I got more out of just reading as much as possible and trying to learn as much as I could um, from reading on my own time when it comes to writing than I, than I did from, from any, any kind of mm-hmm. specific class. But again, that's not taking anything away from, from a teacher. It's just, you know, I, I prefer to do those kind of things on my own. And, uh, and like you said, sometimes when there is, you feel like you're forced to do things, it's, it's hard to feel creative or, or it's hard to, to get excited about it. Sometimes it's, it, it even stifles that. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, uh, to answer your question, I'd say school probably wasn't for me. Um, but, you know, I, I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's a, like, that's how, that's how I feel. Like, I don't feel as though mm-hmm. like school or college did anything for me, but then, <laughs> on the flip side of it, I wouldn't also be doing what I'm doing or have the opportunities that I do mm-hmm. had it not been for school. So it's like, it's one of those like double-edged swords. Now, um, one thing you mentioned to me that um, before we got on is that it took you from the time you started to the time you finished, it took Just you about, six yeah. years to get this book out, correct? What was, to so to me, mm-hmm. that is, that that's, insanity like that sounds so crazy to me so like what like if you could you know kind of walk me through that like what what was that like journey like yeah. over the course of six years oh yeah without because i'm sure there was and, ups I mean, and downs I was a different person that. six years ago so it, it's kind of it's fun to, to go back and, and read the story now and and certain passages because i'm i'm kind of like geez i don't know if i could write that now because it, so much time has passed um but that's also that's also kind of the fun part but um, yeah, so I wrote it in about seven, six years ago, I wrote it in about seven months, start to finish. Um, and it was very rough. Uh, but, you know, there was a story there, it was somewhat readable. And then I walked away from it for almost two years, I, I didn't even look at it. And, um, and then, you know, I, I found some inspiration, whether it was, a, I don't remember exactly how, whether it was another story or, or a book that, um, that kind of got me back into it. And I read through it, and I, and I kind of thought to myself, hey, you know, this isn't this isn't so bad. I th- I think I might have something here, so I started to edit it, and um, you know, maybe a year or so off and on, um, and then 
pretty much that same process over and over again until maybe six months or so ago when I, uh, when I really started to, to think, you know, this is, you know, I, I should publish this and, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. And then I started, uh, you know, really, really looking into to all that. And what mm-hmm. is exactly like, so for like the people that are listening, um, who, that, who, you know, don't know exactly like what your book is, cause we haven't really got into it much, which I want to get into it now. What is the title of your book and what is the, you know, what is the book all about without giving away the, the, yeah, so you it's know, called, without uh, ruining somewhere the book, between what the is sand your book and about? The surf. And I guess in a nutshell, it's, it's a love story set in a small town on the Delaware coast. And um, I describe it as a story of love and friendship, acceptance and redemption, and the rediscovery and the power of family. And that's just kind of a short little um, little blurb. But for me, it, it takes place at the beach, and that's a place that I felt very comfortable um, to have as a setting and a, and a backdrop for the story because it's, it's something that means so much to me, and I felt confident in describing and trying to to bring out those emotions in, in me and someone else who, because I think everyone can relate to that feeling of, you know, sitting on the sand and listening to the waves crash. And, and I felt confident in being able to describe that, that type of environment. Um, so, yeah, and it follows two characters, Sophie and Ryan. And like I said before, um, you know, the chapters alternate from their perspective. And it has a lot of elements of regret and, and uh, you know, a darkness and kind of working your way out of, of kind of the depths of the despair and, um, and finding someone who, you know, might, you might not have seen at first to help you out of it. And, uh, and, and the journey these two characters kind of go on together to kind of find peace really. That's, that's, that's the general idea. Uh-huh. And, you know, kind of, kind of going off of what you just said about, you know, going through, you know, depths and despair and stuff like that. Um, you know, in this may not relate to your book, but it was just something that popped up in my head that I've had, you know, private conversations with other friends about and stuff like that. How do you think that, um, in life in general that, you know, you kind of need those, you know, dark and despairing and like, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen next type days to get you to, you know, where you're really supposed to be or to get you to the person you're really supposed to be. And I I know that's kind of, that might be a little loaded question, but what 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 is your take on that? Absolutely necessary. I mean, it's certainly in my own experience. Um, And again, I think that I hope that shows through, through my writing because um you know i i wanted it to be as as honest uh as possible and and real and and true so i can i can totally totally relate to that and um you know where i am now it's easy to look back and think oh i you know i wish i would have changed that or i wish this would have happened differently but like you said at the same time it's if any of those things had happened differently i wouldn't be where i am now and and, um, you know, I'm extremely happy where I am now. So I agree that those ups and downs, especially those downs, absolutely have to happen um, in order for us to grow. Otherwise, you're just kind of, you know, wandering, wandering around. 
Yeah, because I always find that, like, when I'm in one of those situations, I'm like, fuck, why is this happening? Like, this is the worst possible scenario. And then, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you're like, oh, I actually, I needed that to happen because there was a silver lining in there that, like, I needed that silver lining yeah, to, yeah. I think, to move um, forward on to the next you know, big thing. It's virtually impossible to to be aware of it in the moment, but um, but to be able to look back and reflect on it um, is crucial. And and yeah, like you said, that's that's really how how it grow. And so, what were I know we kind of talked touched on it a little bit, but like for you personally, like what were. Um, some of the biggest struggles with completing this book. Like I know you said you took two years off, you know, then you, you re you found um, the inspiration or the, the energy to do it again and stuff like that. But he, even then I'm sure there was days where you were just like, okay, well <laughs> I'm not as mm -hmm. excited today as I was when I had that little burst of inspiration. So, you know, with writing the book, what were some of the, yeah, uh, one of the biggest the, struggles the that you faced I have, um, when writing was that I didn't really have um, let like an, like an end date, you know, I didn't have, you know, I, I could really keep going for as long as I wanted to. So I, I didn't really set um, an end for, for when I had to, to finish the book, which was nice. So for me, um, the hardest part was the editing process um, that, because that's where it really felt tedious. And that's where, you know, at, at times it, it, it wasn't as fun because I think, you know, we're always going to, you know, get to that point where it's just not really fun anymore, but we have to, to really grind through that to get to the end. And you, you can relate that to anything. Um, so that, that was probably the hardest part, really, really just working through, you know, the lo long nights of, of editing when, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was read another sentence, but, but just kind of kept going because, you know, I was excited about the, the end goal. And were you with like, and I know you kind of just like touched on a little bit, but like with, with you seeing this through and finally getting it out there and, and finished where you did your excitement to get your first book published. Was that the like catalyst for getting it done? Or was it because like, you know, like how I kind of mentioned before to you, before we started recording about like that, I like to call it like the athlete's mindset of like, obviously like being an athlete and playing at the collegiate level and stuff, it's a day-to-day -day grind. There's a process to it. And, you know, you take your ups with your downs and you, as long as you keep the finish, I don't want to say the finish line, but you keep the big picture in mind, you'll be able to carry yourself through. So was it, you know, your athlete's mindset that got you through or was it just simply like, Hey, like, you know, I, I said, I'm getting my first book published. I think, so yeah, I think there was a little this, bit of, this, this thing of that mindset because there's really, you know, it was so much a part of my life for, for so long. I don't think that, I don't think I can, you know, get away from that. I think it's, it's so much a part of me that, that that's always going to be, be a factor in, in anything I do, especially something like that. So that, that definitely helped um, without a doubt. But I, I think also, um, you know, the idea of, of publishing a book at one point in my life, it, it had kind of become a bucket list thing because of, because I wasn't sure if, if I would ever actually do it. So mm -hmm. the fact that I've done it, you know, at, at, at my age, you know, that, that was, that was a huge motivating factor. And, and that's probably what I'm most excited about, you know, that, I, that I did something that I wasn't sure I would ever do, um, and so, so I, I, th I think that's really the, the part that excites me the most. 
And now, because uh, you said bucket list, I find that for me personally, at least, like when I have a big extravagant, extravagant goal or I have something that like I kind of in a way put on a pedestal and then I finally reach it. Um, yeah. I always have that like, oh, this is it. Like, oh, I was I was hyping up to be something crazier than that's it. And then it kind of either gives me a sense of like, all right, well, that was kind of whatever. Or it gives me with certain things. It's like, oh, well, if I could do that, like, well, what else can I do? And it kind of like sparks even more curiosity and more ambition and more excitement. So like when you finally got the book published, was yeah, that's, was either of those two things what happened because, to you? Um, it, it's different with uh, with different things. I mean, with with the book, I, honestly, I felt there was there was a little bit of, of a feeling of, of being let down because I had spent so much time with it, so many years. Um, when when I was done with it, it, it was kind of strange because I spent so much time with these characters. It was almost like like losing a friend. Um, really, you know, because I was ready to, to move past it. So, you know, there was a feeling of excitement, but at the same time, uh, almost like a sinking feeling, because like you say, you get to this point and, you know, what do you expect? Do you expect, you know, that clouds apart and, you know, all this amazing stuff to happen. And it's kind of just like, Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, at the same time, it's, it's really exciting. And, and one of those things where I'll, I'll be able to look back because it's still pretty fresh. And uh, from like the characters you have and stuff like that, like obviously you're probably, you know, you have a lot more ideas of, you know, books you may want to publish in the future and stuff. Are you trying to keep um, not like a series, but are you trying to keep like all your writing related to each other or are you just as ideas come, then you have to take the pe uh, pen to the page and see whatever happens, or like, what is your yeah, like, yeah. You know, uh, thought I'm process with sure your work? Um, get if you I, I have a few different ideas and um, you know different settings, really, you know that that might move away from from the coast, but at the same time, I would love to um, because th this story takes place in the fictional town of Quicksand Beach, and and I, I kind of like the idea of of maybe making some kind of series that, that, that takes place, uh, you know, in quicksand beach and that, that follows different stories. You know, it's not connected, but it all takes place in, in, in the same town. I kind of like that idea, but I'm, I'm really not sure where I'm going to go next. If, um, so kind of, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to ask this when we were talking about it. So I kind of want to go back to the whole publishing thing. What is the, cause I'm sure, there's there's other people that may listen to this that uh, you know have book ideas or you know one day hope to publish a book or something like that how does one even like what is the process from point a to all the way to point z like what is the process of yeah well finding I a publisher actually, um, and getting your book actually published this book. so yeah yeah there are a couple of different um different options especially these oh, days okay. I mean, it's, there's so many uh there's so much information out there there's so many different things that um at our disposal that can, uh, you know, between, you know, finding freelance editors and, and things like that. And, and you can really, um, you know, get your stuff out there, uh, at, you know, without going through kind of the traditional big publishing house.
how do you um because i didn't even know that you could publish a book by yeah. yourself so like how do you do that do you just i know i know your books on amazon because i was looking at it yesterday um do you just i don't and like i said i don't even know how you like how did you even get it up on amazon yeah. like yeah like what was that whole like process yeah, so I, like i said i didn't even know who, who uh, you could publish to, your own book to you know to publish to publish your novel and they can um you know they, they can put it on these platforms for you and with all the uh with all the different technology they have they can actually um do like print on demand type things so if the book's ordered you know they pr they print it right there and and sell it so it's it's really it's really a pretty streamlined process oh i see i didn't i didn't even know that now if um if if your book so if your book that you just published right now um, was to turn into a movie, I know this is a hypothetical question, but who would, who would be playing, what uh, actors and actresses would be yeah, playing the uh, main characters? It's funny. Uh, my wife and if I you were, got to were pick. talking about that the other night, uh, having a blast with it. But um, I told her that initially I had um, the actor Ben Barnes in mind when I was kind of visualizing um, the main character. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, he's done, a, he's done a bunch of stuff, but, um, and then, okay. Was, he was, I don't mean to cut you off. He was in the, uh, he was in the Chronicles mm -hmm. of Narnia, correct? And, uh, okay. Yep. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. For Sophie, but, um, I'm drawing a blank on, on the names that we had, but, but that, that's, that's definitely fun to think about. <laughs> I watched have the first you, uh, season, speaking of Ben Barnes, uh, have which you watched, I liked a lot. Uh, Westworld I just, uh, at all? I don't know. I, I think I somehow lost my HBO account or something, and I, and I never watched the second season. Were you? Were you, I mean, if if you say you're not, I'm gonna be extremely impressed. Oh, really? But like, were you ex confused yeah. at all watching no, Westworld? Because I think yeah, I had to watch the first season like three times remember, in a row to um, even that well but i yeah no i remember being super confused it was yeah 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 because they're constantly going the ending, like really back and forth um it, it kind of finally because because the timelines were all yes. messed up so I, I had no idea what was going on come to think of it yeah because you don't know like if they're imagining what is going on or if they're having a flashback to what's going on and i just for sure it's one of those shows yeah, where which like, you I, can't I like those you miss a shows. second you're lost and i i do too because um yeah. i actually pay attention and i'm not on my phone texting or something <laughs> stupid like that so um one thing that like for me i kind of uh just like with ideas that i have and stuff like that like i keep a journal and i'll you know i have like a, a massive like note app or well i have a tons of notes like in on my iphone uh in the notes app of just like random like ideas or and and stuff like that that i kind of draw draw to when i want to be creative or i'm looking for an inspiration of some sorts uh do you journal at all or do you have anything that is kind of like you know where i would say your space of just getting anything and everything out of you and just seeing what ends up on the page yeah, and, yeah, I'm, I'm and what, go, what comes from that or, or, or do you or no 
come up with a line I like or um, a little poem or whatever. I'm constantly just, just jotting stuff down all, all the time, a new idea. And then I'll go back and sometimes I'll, I'll take a few different ones that, you know, weren't meant to be together at all and then kind of put them together. And so that, yeah, that's journaling is a huge part of my process. Has there been any, uh, I like, cause I find that for like me, a lot of, uh, like my, my best ideas come like when I'm traveling, um, and they kind of just come from me, they come to me, whether that's like being in a new place or meeting new people and where it kind of like makes me have to like oh, question so, my own certainly, perspective certainly, on things. Yeah, I, um, I have you done had that experience recently, at all? Like, um, but you know, through, through my mid twenties, I, I spent, um, I spent a few months in, in Georgia, uh, up in the mountains, not far from the Appalachian trail. Um, working on like a, a lodge retreat place where they uh, rented cabins and campsites. And that was a lot of fun because I really met some interesting characters. And um, Yeah, experiences like those for sure. That, and I try to remember interactions I'd had and, and uh, you know, take little, little bits. From... What, uh, what was, what's the, what's the craziest travel experience you've had? Well, actually, there's a funny story. I don't know if it's crazy, but um, I was on a Greyhound bus. I guess I was not far from Atlanta, and I was sitting next to a guy. I think uh, he was homeless at, at the time, and he was just telling a bunch of crazy stories. And uh, one of the, one of the stories he told was he uh, he used to panhandle, and so he he'd um, you know be on the side of the road and trying to stop people at red lights and he said he made a lot of money and um, uh, one night he fell asleep and he had one cigarette left in his pack and uh, fell asleep on a park bench. He woke up the next day and that one cigarette was gone and he was like, Oh gosh, you know, great. But it was replaced with a hundred dollar bill. So somebody had stolen his cigarette and put a hundred dollar bill on in a cigarette box. And I just, I got a kick out of that story. That's something that, that stayed with me um, for, for a while afterward. Is that, uh, is that something? Cause like me, like how I am is I would end up, if I was like in your shoot, not like that, I'm telling you what to do. I'm just saying like, if I was in your shoes, yeah. I would want to write about, I would want to write a story in regards to that, like, or have that be like something sprinkled where like, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a beach setting and maybe there's a homeless guy that fell asleep on the boardwalk or something like that. Like I, it would just be, it would be etched in my head um, forever because I would think it's so funny, but but it's funny that I didn't because it's, it stayed with me so specifically for so many years. It's, it's funny. I haven't used it yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, right. I mean, now if, if if it does come into your stories, That's people right. are going to yep. know where it came, where <laughs> they came so from. They're going to be like, "Oh, they talked about it on the podcast." Because it, so, it is a funny story. Uh, yeah, because. It is. It's it's like one of the. It's ironic. It's like that's the last thing you yeah, expect. Like, the last steal season, a cigarette I mean, from a homeless person, my, but then leave a hundred dollars. Lifeline. <laughs> 
exactly so um and one thing that like libby told me as well is that like you guys you know your family is super close so how much i mean obviously you know family is everything but oh, how yeah. much I mean, do they influence your work if, sometimes if consciously any. sometimes you know subconsciously where I, I can't even help it but um definitely definitely in this story when i when i kind of talk about the the rediscovery and the power of family because you know i, I think everyone will go through those times when you feel kind of alone and, and isolated and even when you know i'm lucky enough to have so many cousins and aunts and uncles all within, you know, a few miles of where I live, you know, I, I still couldn't, couldn't escape that feeling at times in my life. So, you know, to be able to come back to it and have that kind of support uh, was crucial, um, you know, in, in writing this book and, and just motivating and, and inspiring really in, in so many different ways. Were they consistently, I mean, when I say they, I mean your family, Were was your family consistently like cheering you on and pushing you to get it done? Or was it one of those things <laughs> yeah. where with like most people where it's just like, hey, Tom, how's that book coming? Oh, okay. You still working on it? Yeah, okay, no, cool. Or was um, it like, I, I Tom, like, my, come my on, mom let's was get this book out. My biggest Keep going. Um, for sure. But, but it was such a long process, you know, that they would forget, <laughs> you know, after yeah, after a year or two, and then I'd kind of mention, hey, no, of course, that's, that's what I wanted to ask. Publishing. Oh, yeah, it's great. You know, let me know when it happens type thing, because it could happen next month or 10 years from now. So, um, but yeah, no, they, they were all great. I mean, a ton of support. Did they, uh, when you finally got it published, did they think you were messing around with them? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> or, or like, well, cause, cause I know like if, for me, if I was, you know, working on something for six years and then I, you know, took breaks here and there, cause obviously you need to take breaks and stuff like that. Um, how you were saying they would forget. I know my family, they would forget. And then when, if I was to be like, Hey guys, I finally got the book published. I got it done. Yeah. Ready to rock. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. 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 You are. And, and until they actually I th I saw think there it, was definitely like, an element shit, of that. you actually did do but at it. the same time so like, what was that then, like with you, you guys know, they know that that i i usually um you know i get i get pretty into things and and generally when, when i have an idea they you know they know me well enough that I'll, I'll probably just go go all in and totally obsess over it so i think you know they were a little bit of surprise that you know I, I finally published a book but at the same time i think they were like well you know probably weren't that surprised. Are, have oh, you always been that type definitely, of person? Yeah. I, I that think, when I you get an idea, you go 100% down it? I definitely agree. Um, I, I definitely have an obsessive nature. And when I have an idea that I really like, it's it just totally takes hold of me. I, I have trouble thinking about anything else. Mm -hmm. now because like i said like libby you know gave me a little background on you she told me and does this stem from your obsessive nature of like when you think of something you got to go all in on it she mentioned that um you made yeah. a canoe out of a tree that you cut a tree down and then made a canoe out of it is that <laughs> is that something you did how do, how do you because when she when she t uh texted me that i was like looking at it and right. i was like 
I don't know. Like, obviously, she's not gonna <laughs> lie about that. But I'm thinking in my head, like, did 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 she just combine two sentences? Or like, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna ask him because I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. So um, yeah, like, again, how did you cut down the tree and make a canoe out uh, of it? I was in the woods, uh, just splitting wood. Uh, that's something I I love to do, especially when I just feel like I need some kind of release. And I was just looking up at the trees and we, we have a ton of yellow poplar trees mm-hmm. that grow super straight and don't branch out until they're, you know, sometimes 50, 80 feet in the air. Um, and randomly the idea just came into my head. I, I, I don't know how or why, but I just thought, you know, how cool it'd be to, to try to make a canoe out of one of them. So that, I kind of researched a little bit and there are a bunch of different methods to making dugout canoes. And then I just did it. Um, it's uh, one of those things I, I think, you know, I think I just wanted to challenge myself, test myself to see if I could do it. Because one of the videos I watched, I just thought, geez, that looks miserable. Because uh, I didn't use any uh, power tools. You know, it was all um, all hand tools. And, you know, a draw knife and adds, which is like an axe, but facing a different way. And, um, yeah, that, that took me like uh, three months uh-huh. or something. Uh, it, it was <laughs> – that was an experience. But uh, – no, that that that's the funny part. Um, Did you actually uh, put I, it in water? We, and, I don't and even use really it? live near a water source other than a small oh, okay, creek okay. That, that runs through the property. So, um, but I think that also goes back to to kind of how I feel about the journey being the you know the, the most important part rather than than the ending. So it's funny, you know, the the process of it. I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. And when I had done it, you know, I, I didn't feel, um, you know, super driven to, to go, as, as strange as it sounds, to go put it in water. I, I, I was kind of, you know, happy with, happy with what I had. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking, oh, I'll come back to it, you know, if, if I want to, if I want to take it out on the pond or something. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I know. Are you I mean, ever going to figure it out on the pond? Because now I'm curious. I mean, I'm, if you could see the if I recorded the process, you'd think, how in the world would you put that much work, that much sweat into this and not, you know, put it in the water? But um, so hopefully eventually, uh, you know, I still have it. So it's uh, it's still in decent shape. I, th- I think it'll still float. I mean, that's pretty, even, even if you don't put it in the water, like that story is so cool. Cause like I said, when she texted me that, I was like, I think she mixed two sentences together. Yeah, it's not I a very like, popular hobby. Like, sure. Cuts down a tree and makes a canoe. I'm like, that doesn't, mm-hmm. I... <laughs> no, I was like, not, not, not that I was like making fun of it, but I was like, so like con- taken back and confused. I was like, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, before, uh, it, before this was like, before I my son was born, like, I, don't know, I, I didn't, ask. I didn't but, realize uh, how much free time I, I had. <laughs> um it's it's a lot different now, but uh but you know, I I'd get off work, I'd go into the woods and I'd you know mm-hmm. hack at a piece of wood for a couple hours and it was awesome. <laughs> exactly. And see what you can make from it. Now I I have I mean, especially now that you know you're a father and you uh, have yep, a son. just just um, my son. Do you only have a, a He's son? All I can you handle, that's for sure. More kids. Just your son. How now? I know it's 
it might not have been so much definitely not your generation but i know like mine and libby's generation obviously like you see you know the rise of social media and you see how everything in the world is whether it's due to technology or whatever it's you know everything is instant now 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 one thing you said was that you enjoyed the process of it more than the actual finish how important do you think it is that you know people focus more on the process than the actual end goal because I feel as though and you know I don't know how you feel but personally I feel as though that you know we live in a world now whether it's because of social media mm-hmm. or technology where we're constantly always seeing advertisements for finished products and you know people kind of are so focused on just getting to the next big thing or having that next big thing and they completely miss the whole process part of it so how you know important and you know, kind of tying it into, you know, you being a dad and, you know, how you're going to raise your son, how, you know, in your opinion, at least, how important do you think it is that we detach from the end goal and put all our energy back into like that process yeah, of like, I think that's creating something versus critical. just um, trying to get to the in my end experience, you know, the, the process, the journey is way better. Um, generally, generally speaking, I mean, you know, there, there's, obviously case by case, but um, that, then the end goal, because I think rarely is, you know, is the ending as good as, as we visualize it to be. Rarely is it as good as, as we can dream it up. Um, so, you know, so sometimes it can even be a letdown. So I think it's, it's really important to focus as much as possible on, on what you're doing in the moment and experience all of that for what it is. Because um, I think rarely uh, you know, are you going to be satisfied? Um, you know, if, if you get to that next, that finished product, um, whereas, you know, just, just keep moving forward and, and, and appreciate, you know, everything for what it is. Uh, I think that's, that's absolutely crucial because we, we get lost. Um, yeah. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. And what is, what is your, a piece of advice like if you had any um you know if someone came up to you and was like hey tom like how do i i I understand it in theory you know detach from the outcome focus more on the process but i just i I can't get my mind wrapped around that and i can't get myself to actually do it like what would be you know your piece of advice whether you know that's something that you experienced for yourself or just what you think um, you would tell that person to get them to probably just not be so hard to find something that you can really get lost in you know, so that you don't have to think too much about everything else that's going on. You know, I think it's important to think deeply on things and, and reflect and contemplate as much as possible. But at the same time, um, I think uh, so, some people might be spending too much time uh, just not not doing something, th- thinking too much about it. You know, find something that you can really get lost in and and focus a hundred percent on it as much as you can, and and hopefully the time flies by because that, you know, that means you're, you, you know, you're, you're doing something, you're, you're, you're moving towards something. And that, that's, that's super hard sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's easy to say, go find something that you're interested Absolutely. in. It'll take, it takes a long time sometimes, but, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes life is long. Uh, you know, I know, I know everybody says life's short, but um, sometimes it's sometimes it's long, so we have time mm-hmm. to to figure it out. 
And and now there's like I would say like maybe two th- or three possible questions that are kind of like all time one that I want to ask. Do you think um in just your personal opinion, do you think that, you know, um a oh, passion man. or a hobby is something that you find? I guess I, I have to you? say it's it's a little bit of a little bit of both, but because I, I've kind of experienced both of those things where, you know, you you have to go out and look for it. You have to uh, you, you have to search, you have to have that, that drive, you know, to go find a, a passion. But at the same time, you know, things like that fall into our laps um, uh, or, or, you know, we just, just come across them sometimes. Or like you said, they, they find us. But I think if, if, if you do the right things, you know, by you, you know, whatever you know, type of person you're trying to be, the life you're trying to live, one way or another, you know, those things will, will, I think, work themselves out. Uh-huh. Um, I think patience is the name of the game, honestly. And to, to follow up on that, do you, how important, because I find, I mean, this is what I'm asking you. I'm kind of throwing my own personal opinion in it is that in, in my personal opinion, I feel as though that, you know, after high school, whether it is, you know, the environment that you're in or whether it's society or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's, you know, your parents or, you know, your elders that are influencing that within you is that it's kind of like, you know, figure out a job, figure out your life. And it's kind of like, you know, younger kids are, or even, you know, middle, young, the middle, you know, young, the middle twenties are kind of like in, kind of constantly being fed that message of like, okay, now it's time to grow up. It's kind of time to figure out what you want to do. And obviously, like you said, sometimes life's long and like you do have time to figure things out. So um, I personally feel as though that there's not enough of like the, you know, okay, pump the brakes, slow down, figure out who you are first as a person, then go from there. Um, I feel as though that it's just figure out your life right away. But then there's not really like, there's really no such thing as figuring your life out because obviously like you evolve and you change and grow as a person. So what is, um, I would say, what is your opinion on, you know, people keeping that kid, like kid, like mentality in them and, you know, finding hobbies and finding things outside of whatever pays their bills that, Keep keeps yeah, them excited, keeps them um, creative, and keeps them passionate. I think it's really hard to something. find a balance. How important do you think that things, is? But but we have to to try to find to find that balance because you know in my experience, mm-hmm. I try to you know keep that that kid like imagination and 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 passion and fire for things. For sure, I think that's that's really important, even even as adults. You know, not just to kind of. Oh well, you're an adult now, so you, you don't you don't do those those childish things. Um, I don't I don't think that's I don't think that works. But at the same time, you know, I think we have to prepare mm-hmm. ourselves as much as possible to for adulthood, whatever that is. Whether that's um, in my case being a husband and a father, you know, I I'm, that's something I needed to prepare for because it it happens fast, and if I'm just kind of, you know doing whatever and wandering around it, it, you know, I might be overwhelmed by it, which I was, there might be, you know, maybe there's no getting around that, but I'm trying to find a balance between those two. Um, I, I, it's a really good point you make, I think. And I, and I think about it all the time. Um, and it's difficult. You know, I think it's going to be really tough for the younger generation too. 
I think we're kind of in this transitional period um, where we're not really sure what to do because we, we don't really want to do things the way our parents' generation did it and, and have four kids by the time we're 24 um, and things like that. But at the same time, we don't want to um, you know, live those college years too far in, um, into the future. So I, again, I, I think it's just trying, trying to find as, as much balance as we can between those two, um, between, you know, responsibility and, and at the same time working, you know, hard and, and continuing to, to develop as people and, and not, not get burned out by life. Uh, so that, that's, that's what I, I don't know, it's kind of dancing around the question, but, but that's what I struggle with. Yeah, and I think we all struggle with it. And and how do you? How would you say? Like, obviously, you you said you didn't really have an answer for it, but like looking back on it, how? What would you say to? Not, I don't want to say someone, but like, what would your thoughts be on like how to prepare yourself for something that could be overwhelming, like becoming a husband, becoming a father, be you know, becoming the man of the house, becoming a family guy. Right. Um, obviously those aren't things that you can take practical steps being like, okay, I'm going to do ABC today and that's going to prep me. It's kind of like life yeah. just is, shows up at your front door, punches you in the face and is like, all right, get your ass up. We're going for round two. So like, what, um, how, how would you, you know, if you were looking back on it, like what would be, you know, kind of like your silver lining mm-hmm. lesson that you could look back and be like, okay, yeah. if, if I had um, to try to say something know, to maybe, prepare myself, this is what I would do. Maybe take a little more responsibility. Um, not, not like a, a ton, but just, just a little more to kind of try to prepare myself for the, the immense responsibility I feel now. You know, I just remember when I was younger, I just didn't have, I felt like I had like no responsibility. Uh, not really, not nothing compared to like, what I have now. So, so that, that's overwhelming because, um, when you're only, you know, when you're only worried about yourself, it's, um, it's a lot easier. So I don't know. I I, I struggle with that question all the time, but I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just try, try to find, try to take on a little more responsibility, something that you can handle that and, and just like work up towards it because it's going to, uh, it's really going to hit you hard if, if you're not ready for it. And what is your thought on, cause I heard someone say this to me the other day and I kind of like, I'm still thinking on it because I don't know mm-hmm. what my actual opinion and take is on it. But you know, with you being older than Libby and I, I kind of like, I'm going to ask you to see what your thoughts are on it is what is your thought on the statement of right understanding um enjoying your youth but not destroying your yeah that that's that's tough too but and i also think that's that's really individual because i think some people have just naturally um are a little more responsible than others and some some people's idea of um enjoying your youth might be a little more extreme uh, Mm -hmm. than other people but again I, i think just trying trying to find trying to find the balance like obviously you don't want to um, make any you know life shattering mistakes that that that'll negatively affect your future while at the same time yeah you, you have to have fun but at what cost um you know and 
you know, what, what do we consider fun? You know, just staying out all night and uh, getting into trouble or, you know, looking for more of those natural highs, you know, going for hikes or going for runs or traveling or climbing mountains. <clears throat> um, so, it, I don't know, it's tough. Um, I, I do like to hike, but um, I, I recently... A are you a, ago, I got uh, are into, you a big uh, hiker? I got into rock climbing <clears throat> pretty hardcore. Well, I guess specifically bouldering. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, yes, we, well, I shouldn't say we, but oh, nice. um, I was actually before the pandemic hit pretty badly. Um, I was living out in Denver, Colorado from January <laughs> to about April and one of our buddies that was out there he mentioned what bouldering was to me and he was you know and i wanted nothing to do with i wanted nothing to do with that because i'm not really afraid of heights but like that whole process which i mean you can get into a little bit more but like that whole process i don't do the uh, shit out of me like so like i think that i don't know if i necessarily do it just out of fear alone Uh, so the the bouldering it's a lot lower rarely am i climbing higher than 15 feet or so Uh uh-huh oh okay yeah because my thought on like bouldering was i thought that like like yeah, I mean, how was at least explained to me like know, you're that, doing that's this, like, massive that bouldering is more like just on on huge rocks huge boulders and uh it's more uh like overhanging things and just really powerful stuff so it, it's not it's not super dangerous you know if you fall you might get hurt but you're not dying that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not crazy about heights either. That's why. Um, yeah. See, that's, that's know, what the, I the thought. I'm really like, oh, I, I slip once. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and um, kind of, I mean, so it seems like I don't want to label you as a nature guy because I think that that's not the, like the right title. But one thing I found and I don't know if, you, you know, you could relate to this mm-hmm. at all is that when I was out in Denver, um, you know, we're up in the mountains and it's so you could hear a pin drop up there. And to me, I always found that like when we were in a spot or when I would go on hikes and I was in a spot where it was very secluded and um you know you're kind of overlooking the city or you're overlooking the general area of where you are and you can look out for miles um i always found that like for there was like a sense of uh peace that came to me and then from that peace there was a lot of like really good creative ideas and it oh, like for, everything for sure. was like very yeah. clear um, and my mind wasn't like super no, noisy I, I you find that because it's, it, have you ever found that to be the case it's with you much as more well? simple like you say you know it, your mind's not noisy it's you don't need to think about anything. You just kind of feel it. Um, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's it's something that I something I search for all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you know what I'm talking about because I that was probably the mm-hmm. best. That was probably the best way I've ever explained it. Because when I do try to Absolutely, explain it to yeah. some and friends, I, I, think, I feel like I'm a little um, crazy because who, it's like you said, it's not something you can explain. It's more you know, so just like a feeling. hike to the top of a mountain um, and looked looked out for miles, you know, in the valley below or something. You know, there's it, you can't get away from it. Doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. 
no. And it got to a point where every Sunday mm. when I was living in Denver, because I was probably eh, like a 10, 15 minute ride from uh, Red, Lo- Red Rocks Amphitheater. There were a couple like hiking trails over by uh, the Red Rocks Amphitheater where you could pretty much like go. You're not like up on a mountain, but you're up on like a little cliff area and you could oversee the entire city of Denver um from far out and oh, that man, used to be like my sunday thing awesome. was every morning i'd get up go grab starbucks and watch the sunrise and just sit up there be but like why not? yeah and, and i know like oh, anyone yeah. else that's listening yeah. is why like, not? You know, that sounds crazy like why would you do that but like you know what that feeling oh, yeah, is so absolutely. that's why yeah. i, I mean it's, it's to similar you. to sitting on the edge you edge of the ocean you feel you, you know, feel like, like you're on top of the world, world in a way very very similar similar feelings Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you know, kind of like wrapping this all up here because we've been talking for quite some time. Um, <laughs> which I, again, I greatly appreciate this. I know how busy you are, so um, you know, I kind of I ask everyone this question, and I'm extremely interested to hear what you have to say as well because, um, you know, a lot of people I, they don't really they don't not that mm-hmm. they don't give the best answer, but it's more so of like I don't think that a lot of people have thought about it as much um whereas i feel like you may have thought about it a little bit more but if you could meet your younger self if you could meet you know say tom and at the oldest you are is 18 years old you could be younger um what would you tell younger tom about about life in uh, general and just an uh, a piece of wisdom <laughs> to carry with now him um in the future i, I don't know I, I i just tell him to trust trust the process be patient and trust it <laughs> Because um, I don't think there there's nothing I can tell him that would uh, necessarily change things. Um, you know, he's if if it's a younger version of me, he's stubborn and thinks he knows everything. So he's just gonna, you know, he's gonna make his mistakes. But just just trust it because you know it, it it'll it'll all work out. Uh, thank God. <laughs> That's. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's funny because I've kind of branching off of that. Yeah, I've, that's it. That's what we all say. I've imagined Thank myself God. in scenarios where, you know, if if I'm thinking deeply about something, where I'll I'll visualize myself looking at me, uh, and from different ages, whether it's ten or sixteen or or twenty one or something, and what that what that version of me sees when he looks at me now, um, that's something I, I've thought of before, and at different points in my life you know what that version of me sees was was totally different um but you know when i think about it now i'm i'm, I'm pretty happy and i'm pretty confident that he'd he'd be proud of what he sees so um so just kind of branching off of that idea that's that's something that uh you know that, that i've given some thought to I love it. And I have two, I have two questions. I have two final questions. And then after that, we'll be, we'll be good. Um, well, first is what does trust the process? I think, mean um, to you? cause well, obviously the first every, one that comes to mind is patience because that's something does that, trust the process that I, mean I to you? have always struggled with. I, I, I'm a naturally a very impatient person. So if I can, if I can learn to be patient with things and, and, and just trust that that I'm that I'm working towards the right things that that I'm working towards being the right person in my mind. 
Um, that's the idea of kind of trusting, um, trusting the process. And, and if, if I, if I'm doing the right things and, 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 you know, I, I trust that process, you know, then, then, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm confident with, with the kind of version of myself that, that, that I'll be down the road. Um, yeah. But that requires patience for sure. And then my last question um, is for anyone that may be listening or just in general that like wants to maybe one day their goal is to, to write a book. They just don't know what they want to write about yet. Um, and, you know, they kind of want to follow in your footsteps of, you know, bringing a thought into reality, publishing a book and then getting their first book out there and then you know, just there, or even if they have something that, you know, cause you said you kept your writing, you know, hidden from teammates and stuff like that, just cause it was more of a personal thing. If anyone, you know, whether they're a writer or they have something that they find personal that they one day would like to bring public, but they're not sure exactly yeah, well, how to I do mean, that. I what would be your um, advice based obvious, on things that you've gone uh, through for that advice, person? which would be just to keep writing. But I've heard people say that and I, and I hate to be, um, that predictable, but which is true. Just, I'd, I'd say, keep writing no, no matter what, but also um, I would say just, just be honest, as honest as you can in your writing and, and put as much of yourself into it because then I don't think, um, I don't think you can go wrong and it doesn't matter what you're writing as, as long as you, as long as you're honest and, and, and you're writing something that, that means something to you, it, it it's not bad. Um, I, I think if, if a writer keeps that in mind, then, then it should be um, easier to, to keep moving forward. That's awesome. I love it. Now, I I is there, before we head out, is there any questions you and have? A lot, of, a lot of awesome, awesome, deep questions, which, which got me thinking. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> of course yeah i mean i just like i said like i didn't feel as though school did shit for me so like, <laughs> i've always i've always naturally been like a very like uh curious person like i've always wanted to know like i, I don't want to say i don't like the word deep but like to your point yeah you could say like deep questions but i always you know i always found that like there's a lot of you know, we, we learn on a very surface mm -hmm. level and we interact with people on a very surface level. So like, I like to, you know, get in, you know, the, the heart of things. And I like to, you know, really understand people and really get to know people and uh, really understand why it is like what they do. And I've always been fascinated by like why people sure. think the way they think, why they act the way they act. And like, you know, what is it that actually influences you to do certain things? So um, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. kind of, that's awesome. well, you're but, in the right business. Uh, some of the questions I sent you prior to, but that's kind of like where those I would say stem from, but yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, and that's the other thing too, is like with, with doing real estate, I always, uh, find myself constantly like getting to know people that way, but it's, it's, it's hard sometimes because like, obviously, you know, knowing right. that I'm yeah, in the business, yeah. when I try to get to know people, sometimes they're, they're just waiting for the hammer to drop to be like, Mm -hmm. 
oh, do you want to buy a house? You know what I mean? And, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's that that's not what it is. I just, I, I just, I just want to get to know you. And, and it, it's well, funny because I could, format, I could sense the guard format, it's, uh, yeah. that they have up. A little like, more open, okay, I think. going to ask, but like, that's not yeah. always the case. So, but yeah, no. Of course. Well, and I kind of like, uh, and that's the thing is that like, when I've asked people, they're like, well, what are we going to talk about? It's like, I don't know. We could talk about you, like whatever. There's really no format to this. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, like I said, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, you know, I, I had a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it yeah, was, thanks it was again. very nice really getting, in, get, getting to know you a little bit and uh, hopefully in the future have a chance to meet you. Of course. And then um, I will, I will get this up for you uh, first thing tomorrow morning. So uh, once we, once we get off here, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, you would do it, whether it's like Instagram DM, mm-hmm. or if you want to just text me, um, it, I'm going to obviously post a picture that I posted on the story of, you know, your hand holding the book. But if there was like a picture of you yourself, or like if there's a picture of you, you know, as you're typing the book or writing the book or like, you know, a work, a work in progress type picture or something like that, that you want me to post as well, just shoot it my way. Cause, uh, I'll post, uh, I'll awesome. post, I'll get the podcast posted tonight and then I will, uh, and I'll send you a link when, once I get a post to it, it'll man. be yeah. on Spotify. Great. And yeah. Apple. I have a picture that, um, and then, um, I will uh, make Instagram a post on Instagram kind of, um, first thing tomorrow like morning. Introduce myself. And I'm, it, it's, it's just a, it's just like a, like a portrait type picture, but maybe I'll send that over to you. Oh, okay. That would work. Okay, cool. Yeah, then I'll just, I'll go if it's, I'll, I know I'll go over right to your Instagram and I'll just uh, screenshot Absolutely, that. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'll, look forward I'll to it. I'll use that then. All right, awesome. Well, like I said, thank you again.